Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to human suffering, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Tonight, Beckett's M&M's or Urine. I'm Kelly. Wigs wobble, but they won't fall down. With underwear, I'm Adam. Hey, boss, I know I was supposed to make that curtain out of asbestos, but they were having a sale on flash paper, so, you know, I'm Sean. Uh, you shouldn't go see that play. It's, uh, it's haunted. I'm Andy, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back, where today we're going to be talking about theater accidents, theater uh-huh. incidents. Acting. I can never trust them, though. Because they're acting? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> all, all actors are professional liars. Mm-hmm. As all the stagehands burst into flame and the audience <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Huzzah! I've seen that on more crime shows. <laughs> Just to preface, we're not going to be talking about movie theaters. This is all stage plays, so... Mm. We can hit movie theaters at a, at a separate time. The word theater comes from the late 14th century, meaning open air place for ancient, in ancient times for viewing spectacles and plays. I'd rather go see a spectacle. <laughs> from old French, theatre. Theater. Can you guess the Latin? Theatris. Theatrum. It is theatrum. <laughs> oh, I had a 50-50 shot. <laughs> meaning a playhouse, theater stage, spectators in a theater. From Greek, theatron. <laughs> Which is my favorite Transformer. Yeah. When he came to destroy Optimus Prime. <laughs> it turns into a tasteful <laughs> stage. <laughs> Which means a place for viewing or theistai to behold. Behold. Behold my spectacle. And I believe we've done accident before, but in case you've forgotten, it's from the old French accident. Can you guess the Latin? Accidentum. <laughs> is accidentum. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> An occurrence, chance, or misfortune from accidere, happen, fallout, fall upon, and cadere, to fall. You say fallout? Yeah, fallout. Accidirum <laughs> 3, war always happens. <laughs> again and again. <laughs> there was a dog in this one. <laughs> so I've got a little bit of trivia for you today, because I, I went a little overboard on one of these stories. What is the longest running non-Broadway play? Non-Broadway? And, oh. and I'd like... Broadway. I only if you I, can guess the amount of years it ran for. I can only assume all plays are in Broadway, though. I'm so out of the loop. Yeah, what about like Hamlet? I mean, that's been going for what 800 years. But has yes, it been but on not, Broadway? Not in the same place with the same. Uh, oh, ah. I see. So we're talking about a play that never moved and it was never on Broadway. Nope. Uh boy, I'm not up on. There's a I small don't. town of in Boise where they have a theater <laughs> and they're really into Death of a Salesman. <laughs> just every day. I I really don't know what is and is not on Broadway, so I'm going to say Fiddler on the Roof. Good. Was Cats Good. ever on Broadway? I'm going to say it wasn't. Cats. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a famously Broadway play. <laughs> it's like the Broadway play. <laughs> You're all wrong. Oh, who would have thought that Cats would be wrong? <laughs> it was Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap. A Mousetrap. Oh. I, I only ever set it up to see it work, though. I don't know what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually played the mousetrap. I just, <laughs> I just want to see the guy go into the tub. Uh, it ran for 70 years wow. at London's West End Theater. 
Same actors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That was an and old mouse. It had 29,000 performances. 29, wow. 29,000? 29,000. You 70 years, there's 52 weeks in a year. I guess that's... That's that's like three thousand five hundred. That means they would have to do like ten a week. People, oh. there, there's usually two showings some days. Ah, but then like every weekday, and then like two on the weekends. Man, that is. I a mean, I guess that makes sense. But I, I, I wonder how popular it was though. Like, was there was there just one guy like I love the mouse trap? <laughs> gonna go to the brunch showing and have a mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough money to pay you all, and I love this show. <laughs> <laughs> some eccentric London billionaire. <laughs> I'm never going to let this end. <laughs> Please release us. It's been 70 years. The curse. Some sort of demented theater jigsaw. And they give their final stage bow and blow away <laughs> in the wind. Okay, now what's the longest running Broadway play? Oh, God. I'm pretty sure that is Cats. Cats! Uh, what's another Broadway play? There's that one high school that did Aliens. <laughs> SpongeBob the Musical. Well, it's, it's Fiddler on the Roof again. It's Fiddler on the Roof again. It is not Cats. Huh? Oh. Or Fiddler on the Roof. Hmm. It is the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, which recently closed down. It ran for 35 years with 13,981 performances. Thanks, COVID. I don't think <laughs> it was COVID. Is that why he looks like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. If only that were the ad campaign, we probably would have gotten more people wearing masks. That long COVID's rough. Do you want to be a sexy phantom? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to sing super good? <laughs> I mean, Gerard Butler was probably a misstep for the movie, but... Was that who played him in the movie? <laughs> yeah. One of the movies. Every movie. Yeah, he plays, yeah. He plays the Phantom in every movie he's in. <laughs> this is why that comic book movie from the 90s was so weird. Is the shortest running Spider-Man where people kept dying? <laughs> they didn't die. They just shattered their ankles and, and wrists. <laughs> One of these days we'll get the web shooters right. I, I, I did not put in a bunch of Spider-Man stories in here, but man, that thing seems cursed. I didn't think that was on the table, Spider-Man stories for the stage plays. <laughs> There was, it was called Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. Wow. <laughs> they had a bunch of uh, aerialists to do stunts, and most of them uh, broke a Couldn't. lot of limbs. <laughs> they just don't have nets. <laughs> what well, is this, the circus? We might hear about some of that in a bit. Uh, what is the longest play ever written, and how long was it in hours performed? Does the ring cycle count as a play? No. Okay. I'm going to say something that's Shakespeare. that's like five days. Oh, man. But it's an opera. A Midsummer Night's Dream. See, I don't know any any play, so I'm just going to have to keep saying Cats and hope <laughs> that I get the number right. So I'm gonna it, say, it is Cats with 50 hours. <laughs> 13 Mr. hours. Sophocles really went off. No. <laughs> Deep breath. <gasps> it was called India's Golden History and Rich Culture. How was I supposed to know that? Wow, that is long... <laughs> That's a long, that's a big <laughs> amount of stuff to fit in the play. Yeah, some well, of the time it, is just coming from the title alone. It was <laughs> relatively recent, uh, in like 2021, performed by Depika Chereja and lasted for 30 hours and 33 minutes. Wow. How many You hours? did get an intermission, hours. though. How many meal services were there in the play? Otherwise, you're going to need bedpans for the chairs. <laughs> what is the shortest play ever? And how, how long does it last in seconds? Seconds? Second. Oh, man. It's got to be some like modern art, like yeah. Gallagher show, where you just walk into a room and there's a guy with a sledgehammer and a watermelon and he just goes, splat! Oh, I'd be pissed if I paid Broadway prices for the shortest play ever. <laughs> <laughs> I paid $200 for this? Maybe it's prorated, so it just costs like 17 cents. <laughs> uh, there's still an intermission, though. It's uh, two seconds, <laughs> then an hour intermission, uh, and then three seconds. I wonder how it ends. Uh, I'll and say 90 seconds. 
Jonah's 90 seconds. I said, I'm saying it's called splat, and I've given my answer. Two seconds, an intermission, (laughs) and then three seconds. Uh, It's 120 seconds, called The Moment. (laughs) You know, Adam's not too far off, but he's over by by 90 seconds. 90 seconds. 30 second play. It is by Samuel Beckett. It's called Breath. Of course, it's Beckett. It lasts 35 seconds, has no actors, and is a scene of rubbish strewn about the stage while the sound of a baby crying and a person breathing in and out is played while light increases and decreases. What, am I on the subway? (laughs) What is this, like an automated thing? You just like put in a quarter and it it does its thing? Quick, Kelly, you rise on it too. You have opinions about Beckett, it sounds like. Uh, I mean, those are my opinions. (laughs) Of course it's Beckett. (laughs) Of course it's Beckett. Goddamn Beckett. Frickin' Beckett. Beckett's a... a was he like inventive the, guy. So what is he like the neighbor from Seinfeld? <laughs> 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 Who was the most prolific playwright in history and how many plays did they write that we know of? It's Shakespeare. Mm. Mm. I don't know how many. Stephen Sondheim. He's Who? written 900. <laughs> Stephen King. Who did Filler on the Roof? Stephen Sondheim. Rogers, is that Rodgers and Hammerstein? <laughs> No, 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 that's not who I'm thinking of. Andrew, somebody or other. Oh, we're bad at plays. Andrew Lloyd uh, Webber. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know anybody who writes plays. Uh, the Cats and uh, 100. <laughs> the, cats, the Cats themselves wrote the play. <laughs> yeah, they wrote themselves into existence. A bunch, bunch of cats with typewriters. I feel like cats with type, typewriters could write cats. It's it's not a high, high bar. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of strong opinions about plays and playwrights. <laughs> uh, it was Lope de Vega. Wow. So we we have 500 of his plays. Wow. He wrote about 1,200 plays. I was going to say, but it's So labeled. he says. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just wrote part three on the, the cover. So. <laughs> Sounds like the, the numbers of a serial killer. and They're still trying to find the rest of the plays in the swamp. <laughs> I found another Vega. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not Tennessee Williams. <laughs> 80 of his plays are considered masterpieces, so that's not a very good hit-to-miss ratio. It's a numbers game. And we're going to talk about this later, but what is the largest death toll at a theater? We're talking about fake deaths or real deaths? Real. It's got to be that time in Chicago when a... No, there was another time in India when a theater caught on fire, and it was probably like, what, 400? Sean sounds so confident. I'm going to say four people died in a theater in India. (laughs) It stoles it. I don't know. 250. Wait, no, I have a new answer. It was uh, one of Nero's performances, and oh. the audience didn't clap enough. <laughs> there were more no that hand meat slapping together. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that hand meat slapping. Uh, Sean was right. It was a Chicago theater called the Iroquois oh. Theater, and it was 602. Wow. Oh. Okay. We will discuss this one in great detail because so many <laughs> things went wrong. That was the first one to jump to my mind, but I thought there was a bigger one in India. Most presidents to be killed at a play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who holds the record for that one? <laughs> Can only ever be one, right? Well, what? What? I, I assume if the vice president was all, also there, you shoot the president first. Oh. He becomes president. And Wait shoot. for him to be sworn in. Quickly well, swear in. <laughs> you, get to, you get to keep the title after you leave office. So, like, if you had a, like a president reunion, or you had visiting dignitaries, <laughs> where Ooh, yeah, you could have oh, presidents from a number of countries, <laughs> and president of the neighborhood watch. <laughs> How America centric of me to think that there's only one president ever. <laughs> So we're going to start by talking about the Scottish play. Ah. The Scottish play? The Scottish play. It's, it's the There's apparently very cursed Macbeth. Macbeth, Macbeth, Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get it over uh, with. No. 
So legend has it that when you, if you say Macbeth in the theater, tragedy happens. Oh. Boogie. Unless you are actively performing the play. Oh. Yes. Uh, people Otherwise break it'd up. be awkward. People break limbs, things catch fire. Is there like a... <laughs> Does it not count? Just see that somebody just standing on stage? They say, "What? What, is the, what word are we not supposed to say?" Macbeth, and then both their legs snap and they catch on fire as they crumple to the ground. I mean, that seems likely because if they do it, the other actors are going to le- leap forward and kneecap yeah. them. <laughs> I mean, if they're practicing their lines, do they have a placeholder word, or does that still count? I think it's a. I think it's still. Uh, you're still doing the play if you're practicing. Okay, they, they don't have. It's to not replace, like Voldemort. They don't have to replace it with like Jujubee. <laughs> McBirth. <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> Robble. Like Kelly said, if you say the name of the play, people will ostracize you. They will kick you out of the theater. That's turned into an ostrich, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> o- ostrich-sized. Gonna ongbok your face. <laughs> but does anybody know how the curse started? No. no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thanks for asking, though. Something about a goat that wasn't allowed into the theater. Or a yes. ghost that wasn't allowed into a goat. <laughs> a goat ghost. The story goes that when Shakespeare was writing Macbeth, he wanted very authentic dialogue. So he went to a witch coven and said, you got any spells? They said, yeah, this is one. Don't take it, though. (laughs) I wouldn't buy this one. (laughs) I'll take it. I'm going to turn around and find another spell and leave this spell on the counter. (laughs) And he didn't listen. Oh, oh no. He he took their their spell and put it directly into the play. Mm. So the witches cursed him. Damn that man or woman. (laughs) Cursed him to have not him, but actors through history yeah. injured when the play was performed. <laughs> oh, you're not going to oh. know a lot about this, but it's going to go badly. <laughs> Before the first performance could begin, the boy who was supposed to play Lady Macbeth fell ill and died, causing Sh- Shakespeare had to play Lady Macbeth himself. Oh. <laughs> now you're an actor. Sounds like a setup. I think he wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> he died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Sick with hammer poisoning. <laughs> So it's a very famous story, except it was all, it's all made up. Oh, Hmm. well, how do we know? Shocking. (laughs) In the 19th century, there was a critic named Max Beerbaum. Wow. Awesome. Can we call a pause? Can can you hear that crinkling? (laughs) No. Okay. Is there crinkling? Our our cats, like every time we record, they find a new way (laughs) to be obnoxious. (laughs) Obnoxious. Uh, Mr. Beerbaum got really tired of Macbeth because it was pretty much all that was being put on mm. in his area. Write another play. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not like Shakespeare at all. Yeah. Which kind of, if you know you're not going to like it, don't. I guess don't go to the play. Yeah, you're here every <laughs> night. <laughs> That's his job. <laughs> so he wrote a scathing review of the play Macbeth, inserting this little fable. And it's like, and you might be cursed too if you see it, hoping it would be shut down. Oh. <laughs> I feel like you, that would be illegal to do today, right? Can I put a curse in my review article? <laughs> I, I suppose you could. It's called a chain letter. <laughs> Even though it's false, people still believe in it, so I need you to know how to get rid of the curse, just in case you end up saying Macbeth in the theater. You have to say it backwards. <laughs> yes. It's a head dub, Cam. <laughs> if you say Macbeth in the theater, you must exit the theater. Get out. Leave. You're fired. Macbeth! <laughs> Spin around three times. Okay. Spit. Stop on one foot. Don't forget it. <laughs> Say a curse word. <laughs> Your choice. <laughs> Dealer's choice. It just said curse word. So far, this seems fun. I might do it just for the heck of it. And then just knock on the door to be let back in. Oh. <laughs> I'll be good now. 
some versions of the remedy I uh, I read had you having to be invited in like a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just if, if you have somebody that's just all the time going like, Macbeth, Macbeth, Macbeth. Yeah, you don't want to let that guy back in. That's an unfortunate Tourette's for yeah, an actor to have. To say. <laughs> Macbeth Tourette's. I got Macbeth's. Beth's. So I'm going to start with a couple of funnier things because the last story is a long one and it's got a lot of fire. On the lighter side of theater deaths. <laughs> So young Priscilla Lopez was cast in a performance of Her First Roman, which is a musical about Cleopatra and Caesar. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for her, her performance kept on getting interrupted because her short hair did not allow the wig that they had given her to hold on to her head. So her wig was always wobbling around. <laughs> that is a little distracting. Her solution was take the wig cap, fill it with underwear. Okay. And various other pieces of cloth she could find and uh, put it on and the wig cap stayed better. Okay. Put she's more like a, stuff under it? She's like a yeah. lingerie pinata. Her hair is so lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> you got lumpy bra hair. <laughs> you got underwire hair. <laughs> so a bunch of the chorus girls saw her doing this. Was like, what's with the underwear, Priscilla? <laughs> she said, oh, I just stuff a bunch of underwear in there, and my wig doesn't wiggle around, and I can perform better. And the chorus girls went, hey, that sounds great. Let's do that. I'm going to stuff underwear and more stuff. <laughs> And this, this worked great for a while until during a performance, Priscilla looked over at one of the chorus girls and saw a bra slowly working its way out of her hair. <laughs> like a snake. <laughs> Dancing around and just under his underwear is going. <laughs> Priscilla found this very, very funny, but it's the middle of a performance. What are you going to do? You can't laugh. Okay. She held in her laugh so much that she pissed herself on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Very no avant-garde performance of <laughs> Cleopatra. And there was no underwear to slow it down because it was all stuffed in her hair. To make matters worse, the stage was slightly slanted. So the oh, pee no. dribbled down into the orchestra. The orchestra no. Oh, no. And the tuba was going. <laughs> the orchestra was not very pleased and the, the performance had to be paused. They were all pissed. <laughs> But Priscilla Lopez would later go on to win the Tony for a, a day in Hollywood. So no matter how hard you fuck up, <laughs> remember, keep at it. You too can pee yourself in front of thousands of people in a theater and still well, go on to win awards. She's well, wearing famous. Your underwear on your head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a once I make it big, no one will remember the time I peed all over the orchestra. <laughs> Most people get institutionalized for stuff like that. <laughs> Remember that time we saw the Cleopatra play and she <laughs> fell down and peed herself and rolled around laughing? This lady thought she was Cleopatra, had underwear on her head, and peed. <laughs> Followed by a very wet drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> so our next story is about Les Miserables. Mm. Andrea McArdle was playing Fontaine in Les Miserables on Broadway. McGargle? <laughs> what? What was her name? <laughs> McArdle. Artle. Oh. McArdle. McArdle. <laughs> okay. McArdle. So in the second act of Les Mis, it's generally like the person who plays Fontaine will put on a man's clothes and join the the, the ensemble because they need a lot of people to hear the people sing and then get shot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got to build those barricades. Well, yeah. So you can stand up on them and get shot. Andrea was no different. She puts on the men's clothes, except that during rehearsal, she was like, oh, my God, I finally have something I've been wanting all my life. Pants pockets. with nice man pockets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> called it. She's a witch. <laughs> So what what else would you do when you finally discover that you have pockets except for stuff your pockets full of snacks? <laughs> <laughs> Reasonable. <laughs> just 
stuffing Cheetos in her face while they build the barricades around her. Kind of undermines the starving peasant look. <laughs> Just snacking on chips. You're doing great. So she would she would have candies and, and other stuff in her pocket. So when she went backstage, she could be like, oh, we're good. Yes, this is great performance. Somebody <laughs> reached in and pulled out a rat. Except for one particular night when she had a bunch of her actor friends come to see her. And she said, okay, I'm a little bit nervous. Going to put these M&Ms in my pocket. Uh-oh. And I'm going to show them how I can really act. Yeah, they melt in your mouth, not your pockets. <laughs> so when it came time for her to die, she threw herself on the stage dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> Causing a rainbow of M&M's to spill out all over revolutionary France. Oh. Most patriotic pinata we ever saw. <laughs> yeah, did she at least just have like the French colors in her pocket? That's just the uh, the child-friendly mod. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the when you hit the grunts in the head. <laughs> to make matter worse, the stage is slightly slanted. No, the orchestra <laughs> and the M&M's oh, found oh, their oh, way oh, into oh, the oh. orchestra. Won't, ever, won't anyone think of the orchestra? <laughs> they get hungry too. <laughs> just, just open your mouth. She's doing it again. <laughs> Last time it was P. <laughs> Don't listen to that guy. He's a weirdo. We got a 50 50 shot. <laughs> it's going to be M&M's or P. Listen for the rattling. <laughs> Some guy with his trombone waiting. And when it's M&M's, he's like, ah. <laughs> okay. The rest of our episode is going to be. The biggest theater disaster ever. Ever. The Iroquois Theater. The Cultural Appropriation Theater. What, you mean it wasn't run by the Iroquois Nation? (laughs) No, I don't believe so. I think they would have done a better job. (laughs) Not lock people in? (laughs) Well, because so much shit had to go wrong for this particular disaster to happen, and it's like a tumbling down. So the Iroquois Theater opened in Chicago, Illinois on November 23rd, 1903. It took a rather long time to build because the union was like, we're not doing things correctly. <laughs> That's their tagline. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys, all this hour. stuff seems wrong. And they're like, no, 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 keep building. <laughs> Theaters are hard. <laughs> doors and pillars and I don't know what. Plus the inability of the architect to turn in drawings on time. They're like, okay, we're ready to build. And he'd be like, ah, this is on a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> this is a drawing of Calvin. <laughs> The philosopher. So by all accounts, it was a beautiful piece of architecture and it could seat 1,602 people across three levels with six private boxes. Pretty big. Mistake number one. The theater had just one entrance. But how many exits? (laughs) Well, it had some fire exits, but we'll get to those. (laughs) It was a large stairway that could access the foyer and balcony levels and provided access to the stairs that led to the gallery. Talk, Talk about a traffic jam trying to get in and out of there. Yeah. So the reason being is they wanted people to see and be seen, regardless of their ticket price. (laughs) You're here in the theater. It's for everyone. Look at those rich people. They're on the stairs with you. (laughs) They're better than me. Look how high their noses are. (laughs) So this, of course, ignored Chicago fire ordinances that stated each level needed to have separate stairways and exits. Okay. Mistake one. When exiting the balcony level, would run into the people exiting the gallery with all the patrons colliding with each other on the foyer level when trying to exit. So you'd go... Like, the people coming from above would run into the people below, and then they'd all spill out into the foyer level where all the poor people were. <laughs> it's like trying to get off a plane. He stood up before the, before the plane even stopped. <laughs> My favorite part about this whole story is, when they're advertising the theater, it said on the advertising, fireproof. Oh, <laughs> quite the claim. Not even NASA makes that claim. 100% asbestos. 
We'll get to the asbestos as well. Hooray! <laughs> oh, wait, did I say proof? I meant hazard. <laughs> <laughs> it touted the fireproofness, but it had a lot of deficiencies in fire readiness. Okay. Didn't need it's ready a- for a fire. Yeah, <laughs> It's fireproof. You don't need to be prepared for a fire. <laughs> yeah. This is made of metal. Metal can't burn. Yeah, why would I iceberg-proof the Titanic if it's unsinkable? (laughs) (laughs) So, there weren't enough exits. Everything was trimmed in wood. It had no sprinklers, no alarms, (laughs) no telephones, no connections to easily accessible outside water, and the only firefighting equipment there were kill fire fire extinguishers. Kill fire? Kill fire. What is that? Is that like the grenades? So, I love these things. I looked them up, and they seem like the worst way to put out a fire. (laughs) They were designed it's for dowsing chimney full fires. Full of gasoline. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll overstuff the fire. <laughs> it's a two-inch by 24-inch tin pipe filled with powder. Okay. What kind of powder? Sodium nitrate, I think. Hmm. No, sodium something. Sodi- sodium bicarbonate. Sodium nitrate might explode. <laughs> Just need some vinegar. <laughs> Andy sounds like the guy designing the, the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So what you do is you grip the pipe at the bottom and go, Huh! And shake it at the fire, and all the powder comes out. (laughs) You blow into one end. Like I said, these were for chimney fires, so if your chimney was on fire, you'd go up to the roof and pour it down the chimney. Seems like a long way to go to put out a fire in a chimney. I didn't say they were very good. (laughs) So fire in the house, quick, to the roof! (laughs) Fire doesn't go up. (laughs) Gotta hit it off at the pass. I don't know. You just throw in some confetti and you've got like a fire party <laughs> horn. Fun fire. <laughs> oh no, I filled it full of powdered milk. The Midnight Society. <laughs> so on December 30th, 1903, just about a month after the theater had opened, they were putting on a play called Mr. Bluebeard, which is a burlesque performance of the Bluebeard folktale. Huh. None of that sounds very flammable. Not yet. Beard might be. So the show wasn't very popular, but for some reason, this one was completely sold out. (laughs) (laughs) You want to go see a dumb play? All the seats were filled. And because people still wanted tickets, they were like, I don't know. You guys can stand in the back. (laughs) Well, sure. The more the merrier. Burlesque performance of Bluebeard. (laughs) (laughs) Just like headless women dancing around. Uh, Not yet. (laughs) With no clothes. Scaroused. (laughs) (laughs) I'm super scaroused right now. So they sold more tickets, bringing the total number of people in the theater to around 2,200. Wow. So they sold about 600 more tickets for people to stand in the back. That's pure profit, baby. <laughs> At the beginning of the second act of the play, sparks from an arc light jumped to a muslin curtain, catching it on fire. Oop. The light operator said, uh-oh, and started slapping at the flames, which just fanned them. Which just <laughs> angered them. <laughs> causing them to spread upwards. He went and grabbed one of the kill fire fire extinguishers, extinguishers, but unfortunately, throwing powder into the air doesn't do much. (laughs) He now looked like a ghost fighting a fire. (laughs) Which scared the audience even more. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Who's the sexy ghost? (laughs) That ghost doesn't have boobs. (laughs) (laughs) I like that they're more frightened that it doesn't have boobs. (laughs) So upward the fire spread until it reached a several thousand foot canvas. That had been painted as a backdrop in oil paints. (laughs) (laughs) And gasoline. (laughs) Which, you know, oil catches fire, swiftly caught fire. Now in this theater, you were supposed to have an asbestos curtain that you could pull a cord and it would go, foop, and, you know, douse the fire. Give all the actors lung cancer. They pulled the cord and it got caught. (laughs) And it fell to the floor. (laughs) Making it useless, or rather, 
more useless. You see, the, <laughs> the curtain they bought was only about one-tenth asbestos. One-tenth? The rest of it was wood pulp. We're <laughs> <laughs> missing the point here, guys. <laughs> and it wouldn't have been very good at stopping a fire at all. Actors rushed out and said, everybody remain calm. <laughs> Unfortunately, they weren't very good actors, so their panic was evident. <laughs> <laughs> My suspension of disbelief. <laughs> it didn't work. People started running up the only staircase to get out of the theater, trampling each other. Lots of trampling going on here. Some patrons did manage to find some fire exits, which had been okay. hidden behind curtains because fire exits are ugly. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the theater doubled as an escape room. <laughs> did anybody find a three-digit code? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's got a horseshoe on it. <laughs> it's the Resident Evil of theaters. <laughs> So they went to the exits, but the guy who designed it was like, these exits are ugly. I need fancy locks. <laughs> They're called bascule locks, which require you to like lift and pull and then pull down oh for God. them to open. The only lock. person that was able to open one was a baseball player who had a fridge that worked that way. <laughs> <laughs> it was Houdini himself. I've trained for this. <laughs> Everybody else is trying to get these locks open while people press against them going, door! <laughs> Some other people found fire exits that were decorative. <laughs> those ones are ugly but i want people to see these ones the only thing that opened on those is a little window at the top let yeah. the fire out <laughs> so the roadrunner ran right through <laughs> some of the performers said everybody come backstage we got huge double doors back here you can escape through well they opened up the double doors causing a big chill winds to come in and make the fire go even bigger backdraft <laughs> <laughs> i've seen this I movie I thought they were going to open up the double doors and it was just a brick wall behind it. <laughs> <laughs> so the winds whipped that up and normally there would be vents for the fire to, you know, some of the heat to dissipate. Okay. Those were the, when the wind was blowing. Sometimes you could hear the wind through the vents, so they nailed them shut. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't, oh, it's this so isn't atmospheric. <laughs> I'm going to fix this problem forever. I don't want to think about anything leaving my theater. Only entrances. <laughs> I don't like goodbyes. <laughs> Some people at the top of the theater found fire escapes, which were unfortunately against fire code and too narrow. <laughs> All the rich people are too fat. Well, it was December and the too narrow fire escapes had iced up, causing people to slip oh. and fall off of them. Luckily, those people provided cushion for the people who fell afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Never want to be first. When people from the lower levels finally reached the stairs, they found that they weren't stairs anymore. What? It was a two-meter-high wall of bodies. Oh, <laughs> when did that get here? <laughs> Is this part of the play? <laughs> and I, I thought about it. I was like, I think you could crawl over that, but I I've never tried to crawl over a bunch a fleshy mound. Well, not to mention, like, that mound is probably kind of still alive. <laughs> <laughs> because there was no alarm, a stagehand had to run for quite a while to go get fire <laughs> firefighters. Ah, yes. Who were like, why didn't an alarm go off? Like, I don't know. When all was said and done. 575 people had died of smoke inhalation, burns, or crushing, with another 27 dying in the hospital from their wounds. Yeah, honestly, that's not bad for a, a basically a box with no exits that they lit on fire <laughs> that had 2,000 people in it. I mean, but it's that's like it's a lot of people. Yeah, it is seeing a, lot a burlesque people. show in a fireplace. Only five actors died. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> Thank goodness. They could put the show on the next day. <laughs> one of them was the aerialists for, for one of the, I guess, burlesque stunts. Uh -huh. Yeah, the fire started and they just flew away. Uh, <laughs> who could who was hooked to a wire that could not be unhooked by themselves? Uh -oh. <laughs> Imagine being hooked to a wire. It's like, well, I could start swinging. Oh, I'm just being rotisseried now. <laughs> yeah. 
So in the aftermath, all theaters in Chicago were closed. Wow. Because as it turns out, all the fire inspectors had been being bribed with free theater tickets for years. <laughs> <laughs> they all died in the blaze. <laughs> I'd never miss a show. That's not a bribe. That's a courtesy. Mm. Uh, yes, thank you for inspecting. Wink, wink. I, just, I found these tickets. <laughs> there were a lot of charges uh, brought to people, but the people who owned the theater had really good lawyers. Act of God. Act of God. <laughs> well, they... They basically uh, used a bunch of loopholes and delay tactics until the, the Chicago was like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> so nobody got in trouble for this. Wow. That's, that's insane. That's all my stories. Uh, I do have a what are your morals worth? And it's not about, about our stories. You don't want to hear about our theater accidents? Oh, we do our stories first? <laughs> oh, no. Mm-hmm. Do your stories. I, d- I don't know. I've, I've probably been to less than like 10 theater shows in my entire life. And I don't know that I've ever seen anything horribly go wrong during one of them. I don't think I've ever seen anything beyond like a high school play. What was that one we saw at your college? I don't remember the name of Requiem it. Requiem with Dog and Butterfly or Isn't Shark it? and Butterfly. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. Yeah. But nothing bad happened. <laughs> it was just two people. <laughs> Being sad. Yeah. I did see the Holy Grail at like a dinner theater. I think did, it's, Why didn't you drink from it? It was on stage. I really like, like, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Like... More the 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 Cirque side of things, like dinner performances, and we have a local place that puts them on. Like they have, there's there's a storyline, and you have dinner, and they're doing flips and juggling and things. Sure. And it's, it's very cool. But like I've seen that, and I've seen Cirque du Soleil, and the thing about the local place is it's not Cirque du Soleil. So I spend my f- entire time anxious about what's going to go wrong because they're good but not great and you know things do get dropped and it's hard to enjoy dinner (laughs) somebody throw me a chainsaw (laughs) no yeah yeah i mean when you go see like cirque de soleil like the actors are doing flips and stuff and they land and it looks like they've got freaking magnets in their feet like they just snap into place like you are never worried that they're gonna screw something up they're just so incredibly competent and perfect at everything they do and this local one, like this poor guy's like bounced on the back of a chair and he's just wobbling like there's an earthquake going on. You're just like, please, please don't hurt yourself. He's ventilating the whole time. Yeah, he's like too nervous to eat. Down the chair. Here's your complimentary paper bag. <laughs> uh, I was in a theater that dramatically caught fire. What? Oh, really? Uh, I was in drama in middle school. Theaters are always Because so I didn't want to be in PE. <laughs> Andy, we've talked to you about playing with matches. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's so, art. They they glow so brightly. Uh, it was it was one of those stupid downtown Reno things where it's like, hey, come see an ensemble perform songs from different musicals. Oh, and during like the last song, it was a hero, oh, Bonnie st- Tyler's hero. The curtain on the right hand side just went up. Wow. <laughs> so we didn't get to finish the play, and we had to find our teacher. Like, we were all ushered outside, like, goodbye, children. (laughs) Into the streets with you. That's all for today. Goodbye. (laughs) Thinking back on it, I guess it was scary. But at the same time, I was like, oh, look, fire. (laughs) Now you're never going to know how that song was going to end. Maybe that's how it always ends. Yeah. (laughs) Bonnie Tyler lights on fire. (laughs) Not that it's on the same level, but just not really reacting to fire. There was one time I was at my... uh, my aunt and uncle's house and it was like my aunt was there and a couple of my cousins and my dad and me and we're all hanging out and they had like a kitchen with an island in the middle and then there was a stove like on the other side like on the actual counter not on the island and we were all around the island 
and somebody had been like ripping paper towels and they'd left like this long string of them and it just got too close to the stove and the last paper towel in the chain caught on fire. But I was the only one in a position that was looking at the stove. Everybody else was pointed away from it. And so I like, I looked at my aunt and I was like, the paper towels are on fire. And she's like, what? Like the paper towels, they're on fire. And she's like, huh? And I guess I wasn't like conveying the sort of panic that you would normally have when you were saying something was on fire. Like I was just telling her, and like I told her three times, this is on fire. And she was just like, what are you, what, what? This is a weird joke. Yeah. And I was like, I guess (laughs) I'll take care of it. And I got up and like slowly walked around the counter. And by this point, like three paper towels were on fire. (laughs) And so I ripped way towards the gasoline on the counter. (laughs) (laughs) So I ripped the next one in the chain and just like scooted it into the sink. And then like at that point, everybody turned and was like, oh my God, a fire. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's been burning for like 30 seconds at this point. Yeah. You didn't trample anyone. How are they supposed to know? (laughs) Yeah. Sean, you're you're supposed to run directly into somebody. Alrighty, folks. Those are all of our stories. I need to know how much I have to pay you to run into a theater every day for a week and scream, Macbeth! Oh, I'm going to be very unpopular. <laughs> Do I get to pick the theater? Uh, it's cats. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no sweat. Those people have a sense of humor. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're going to be beat up by a lot of people in cat suits. <laughs> <laughs> they got to chase you on all fours. They can't move very fast. Rum Tum Tucker! <laughs> Jellicle cats. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I thought you were going to make me pee myself on stage. So I just, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is no no great shakes. Uh, fifty bucks. I probably did that. Fifty bucks. No, I, I I think I'm at risk of bodily harm. Like <laughs> they're they're not going to let me get away with it for more than a few days. <laughs> the guy is back. He's coming in again. <laughs> just go, uh, doesn't that look like that guy that shouted Macbeth yesterday? But he has a mustache. Oh, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> by day four you're gonna have to break into the theater <laughs> so wearing a, your own makeshift cat costume swinging <laughs> across a chandelier like a three musketeer five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars oh man no I, I think i'll also i'll do it for a hundred yeah the only danger would be like if someone does break a leg or something like i'm gonna get blamed like it's not gonna be my fault but you know, all those i've got to drive to the you. theater Get out of my car. Park. In New York. Oh, God. Everybody's everybody's chimed in. Forget how we end this thing. We say, thank you for listening. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Obnoxious. Bring that to. Cat should be seen and not heard. Like the play. <laughs> I want an entirely soundless version of cats, which is just a bunch of people dressed as cats prancing around the stage for two hours. That's great. <laughs> Not talking, no music, just like Wow. Nope, that sound. Damn it. You lose cat charades. Release the butthole cut. <laughs>